I just didn't have anything <laughs> until last night, or maybe it was yesterday. But anyway, I kept, I, I knew I couldn't, I didn't, I started to look at the rest of the gifts of the Spirit. That doesn't mean we won't come back to them. But I just, there was nothing jumped on the inside of me. It didn't come alive. So it wasn't for today. So I said, well, what is it, Lord? What's for today? And I just heard hope, 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 hope. We, we do need that hope. And, and, and I think the main thing that the Lord wants to get across is what to do when you feel your hope slipping. When you feel your hope slipping. You know, when your hope slips, you get discouraged. Self-pity. Uh, woe is me. Um, uh, sad. Sadness. Um, hopelessness. So, so I want to just, uh, we're going to talk about that today because the church doesn't need to be discouraged. The church doesn't need to be hopeless about any situation you're dealing with. Amen? Yeah. No, no. Um, Norma asked me, uh, Jeff asked me when we were on break about, about the, if we know what the baby is. No, we don't. <laughs> Not for sure. We went, we all went, we were all excited on Tuesday to find out. We got to see a lot of things, the backbone, everything, you name it. it was the kidneys, everything looked good, you know, the heart size, everything. But um, the baby had its leg up on top of the other one like this. So you couldn't see anything as to whether it was a boy or a girl. So um, the lady that was doing, I mean, she was, we, I think we were probably in there at least 45 minutes or an hour. And um, she says, I'll come back there. And she had nap move and everything. And nothing, nothing, nothing. That baby did not uncross its legs. It kept its leg up there. And so she said, she says, I'm 90% sure it's a girl. Because girls tend to cover themselves, she said. And so, um, but she's going to check her next appointment in a month. So maybe we'll have a knowing for sure in a month. But anyway, she says it's 90%. But she says it. You know, uh, don't count on, you know, she didn't say to necessarily go out and buy any girl clothes or anything like that. So that's where that's all at. Norma wanted to know, and I said, well, remind me, and I'll say something. Okay, so hope. Back to hope. (laughs) Hope is uh, expectation or desire for a certain thing to happen. Expectation or desire for a certain thing to happen, Okay. Uh, confident expectation in a promise that God has given you. What? Oh, yes. You can go, Surrey. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I saw Ron give me a sign back there. I just step over here to see what it was. Anyway, okay. Um, confident expectation of what God has promised and, and, his, um, and, and the strength in his faithfulness to uh, bring that to pass. You know, God can make, give you a promise, but we have to know that he's, gonna, he's faithful to, to bring it to pass. So he's faithful to do it. Amen? Okay, and so hope you see with your heart, not with your eyes. Your, your hope is not fixed on what you see going on. It's, it's from the heart. Okay? And we'll, we'll probably explain that a little bit more. But, but we can start with Romans 8. And I got a lot of scripture verses, so just uh, hang on or write them down. <laughs> write them down and go back later. But Romans 8, 24 through 25. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. Okay? 
For why does one also hope for what he sees? What would be the point of having hope if you already see the manifestation, if you already see it? Why would you want, why would you have hope? Okay. And then 25, but if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. There's an area of perseverance and that's good. That's good. We all need to develop the perseverance. See, and once we know, once we've seen God um, bring to manifestation a thing that you've been believing for, a promise, a manifestation of that, then you, you step back and every time you're believing God for another manifestation or another promise to manifest, then you can look at that and you say, I remember. I remember just like David did when he said, he told Saul, he says, I, I slayed that, that uh, uh, tiger, that lion, and the, and the bear, and this Goliath is nothing. So when you come into a situation, I remember, God, when you did this, okay, this situation is nothing. I'm going to believe you for it in Jesus' name. I believe for it to, to change and to manifest, okay? So hope you see with your heart, not with your eyes, okay? Not with your eyes. Okay, then we're going we're gonna to focus on Abraham. But I'm coming at this. I want you to learn how to deal and get yourself back into a place of hope. That's what I'm, that's what I'm after. I want you not to be so hopeless or so discouraged. I want you to be able to come back into place. I've experienced that myself. I, I can tell when my hope is slipping. <laughs> if you want to put it, I, I can tell when it's slipping. My thoughts are not in the right place. I've seen something that wants to bring discouragement to me. And, and I've let go of my focus. The focus is Jesus is Lord. I've let go of that focus and what he's promised he's going to do for me. So, so when, you, when you, your hope is slipping, what are you looking at? What are you believing? Are you looking at the circumstance around you? Are you looking at what God said he promised you? See? Okay. So, so Abraham, um, well, let's see. We'll, we'll start. We'll go into Genesis. We'll start there. I was going to have you. Uh, well, let's just go to Genesis. We'll start with Genesis um, 15. Genesis 15. Okay, verses, I think it's 4, 5, and 6, yeah. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who shall come forth from your own body. God's God's talking to him. He shall be your heir. Verse 5, And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Verse 6, then he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Okay, so God, God spoke to Abraham, and then we're going to see here in verse seven, chapter 17. Let's go, just flip over. Verse um, 5, and this is where God is changing his name now. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. And so that word Abraham there is, does mean a father of, of many nations or a father of, of a multitude. So every time his, his name was spoken, Abraham, he was calling that in. 
You see that? He was calling the manifestation of that in. I am a father of a multitude. Or every, every time somebody said, Abraham, they were confessing that he was the father of a multitude. Okay? See how that... Okay, and so then um, um, over to verse 16 in that same chapter. Um, And I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Um, Then Abraham fell on his face, verse 17, and laughed. And said in his heart, will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live there before thee. But God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Okay. Now, do you know that it was 25 years 25 years from the time God told him about the promise of being a father of many, or father of a multitude or many nations. It was 25 years before that manifested. 25 years. I mean, I think standing and waiting 10 years is, is pretty good. You know, but then you think about, I've been believing for this area of probably for 30 years anyway. But 25 years. Can you stand... Could you stand 25 years if God told you something? Could you stand 25 years? Some of them never really saw the promise they heard and knew. But, you know, Abraham, you know, the, he saw the Isaac come, but he never really saw the, the end result of all of that, you know. But he believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, okay? Um, let's look now. Let's go to Hebrews. We're going to go back to the other end here, Hebrews 6. And this is, um, let's see, Hebrews six thirteen. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he would could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you, And thus, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Okay, for men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. Okay, so he promised, he promised, he patiently waited and obtained the promise. And that's where, you know, 25 years waiting for that promise to manifest, okay? All the while... He trusted God in the midst of the situation. Okay? Romans. Now let's look at Abraham in more detail. Romans 4, 17. From Romans 4, 17. As it is written, A father of many nations have I made you in the sight of him whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead, and calls into being that which does not exist. And there again, we were talking about his name being Abraham. He was calling it into being that which not doesn't exist. Just like, just like he formed the earth and he um, uh, made the light and divided the waters. And the, he said, let it be. He spoke that into existence. 
So because we walk in that same position, uh, in that in Christ position, life and death are in the power of our tongue as well. So we speak and it comes. We speak good and it manifests. We speak evil and it, and it won't. Amen? We speak good and it manifests. Um, life and death are in the power of the tongue that you possess right now. Life and death. And you're going to eat the fruit of it. The fruit of it. Okay? Life and death. All right. So, Abraham, a father of many nations. Abraham's means a father of multitude. Um, the promise then was being called into being. Um, let's look at Matthew 4.4. 4. Matthew 4.4. 4. Okay, and this is Jesus talking. He was being tempted, tempted by Satan. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceeds uh, out of his, the mouth of God. So we, we stand on every word that has come out of the mouth of God, and that's what we speak. We speak in line with his word and his truth. Amen? We speak in line with that. And then Hebrews 10. <laughs> You're going to flip back the other way again. Hebrews 10, 23, talks about holding fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for, for he who promised is faithful. So we hold fast the confession. Let's give you an example. Um, hmm. um, okay, let's say the Lord told you to start a business. Told you to start a business. And, and um, you're looking for the steps that he said to start. He wants you to do this, 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 and this. And so you start calling, you start calling people in to buy their, your goods. Okay, and you don't see anybody come. Are you going to stop calling those people in? No, you're not going to stop calling those people in. You may get before the Lord and find out if there's something you're not doing right. You can find out from the Lord, but you're going to continue to call in. I thank you, Father, that this business that I have, there is a, a large group of people coming in that they want my wares. They want to buy my my things that I'm selling. You confess the truth. You confess what God has, has said. Amen? Amen. You, you hold fast the confession of your faith firm until the end. You hold fast to that. You hold fast to that. You don't waver in unbelief. If God has told you to start a business, then God's going to provide. God's going to get those people there. But you're going to have to hold on to the promise that he said and call them in. You're going to have to hold on to the promise and not waver and not doubt and get unbelief. Well, if you don't see it in five years, are you going to stop? If God has told you to do it, are you going to stop? No, you hold fast to the confession of your faith, clear to the end, clear to the end. You hold fast. You hold fast. Amen. Amen. You hold fast to it. Um, now let's go back to um, let's go back to the the main text here, Romans four. Romans four, and we're talking about Abraham. I should tell you, just hold your finger there, maybe. Um, verse eighteen. Verse 18, in hope against hope, he believed in order that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Amen. So Abraham had no reason, no reason in the natural to hope. He had no reason in the natural to hope. Okay. He couldn't see anything happening in the natural. 
So his hope then went to a hope that he um, got a hold of because of what he saw in the spirit realm. Okay? His hope was a spiritual hope. Okay, so Abraham, a father of many nations, um, had no reason in the natural to hope on. But he hoped on in what God had promised and what God had said. That's where your hope is at, what God has promised and what God has said or what God has showed you in a picture. You know, God, if you're spending time with the Lord and he's talking to you, he's talking to you, uh, I want you to do this, this, and this, or this, this, and this. Um, that word is as good as him giving you a word out of the Bible. Okay? That word, if he's told you something, or if he shows you a picture, that picture is, is him talking to you, and that's a promise that you can hold on to, and you pull that promise into manifestation. You hang on to it. Okay? Um, let's see. We can look at it. Just don't, you don't need to flip there, but back to where we were in, in Hebrews ten twenty three. then. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Then verse 24, and let's, let us consider um, how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. 25, not forsaking our assembling together. Amen. Okay, but hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. And then um, 2 Corinthians one twenty. You don't need to turn there either because, I mean, there's a lot of scripture verses. But 2 Corinthians one twenty talks about the promises. And what are the promises that God gives us? They're always yes. 2 Corinthians one twenty. For as many as may be the promises of God in him, they are yes. Wherefore, also by him is our amen to the glory of God through us. For our, his promises, whether he's given you a word in, this, in, in the scripture verse, or he's given you a word in your private prayer time with him, or he's given you a picture, which is the same as a word, that promise is yes. That promise is yes. You hang on to it firm until the end. Firm until, See, the Lord had promised me that I would be married and have a family. The Lord would pr- promise me that. And that lined up with the word, and I, I really felt like I knew which, who it was. But at the same time, I wanted God's will for my life. But he had promised me that I, I would be married and I would have a family. That was the promise that I hung on to through several different guys that I thought was right. And, and it, none of them seemed to be right until the very last. Anyway, and so I held on to that promise. That's the promise that you hang on to. That's the promise you, that you hang on to. God said in his word that we can, be, we can uh, multiply, we can be married if we want to, if that's our desire. So, and I wanted to have a family. And so I hung on to that word. And, and it was not easy sometimes. Um, it was a 10-year stand. It was a 10-year stand. And it wasn't easy. Because during that 10 years, this guy that I thought was, uh, I mean, I met him it's all Dick. It's Dick, you guys. Come on. It's Dick. <laughs> anyway, I met him uh, in the beginning, and it was, it was, I wasn't ready to be with him, but he was just word, 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 word. Whatever came out of his mouth was all word. It was all word, all the time word. And I remember meeting him at, um, it was a young, young uh, college and career uh, uh, picnic type thing that they were having. 
And I had gone with a friend, and I was trying to find where I was supposed to be with the Lord, you know. And so I, and I met him, and I'm going, oh, man, this guy's too much, too much word, too much word, all the time word, all the time word. So, so I had, I thought, well, forget him. And then I had another friend that I spent a lot of time with. She's married to another guy and lives in Texas now. But we, we would do things together, and we'd go for walks, and she would just talk about Dick all the time. He is so neat, so cool. I'm like, boy, I don't see what you see in him at all. But whatever, go right ahead, you know. Well, it didn't, it didn't work for her. So, so I just, uh, you know, I said, okay. Well, she married somebody else. And then the Lord started turning my, turning my focus towards him. I started, I started thinking about him through the week. And I thought it was, you know, I was trying to learn the gifts of the Spirit. I thought I had, I needed to pray for him. So I come up to him on a Sunday, and I did this three Sundays, I think, in a row, two or three. I come and I says, everything going okay with you? You've just been on my heart this week. He'd look at me like, yeah. <laughs> Finally, after the third time at dawn, Lord, are you getting me to be interested in him? Is that what's going on here, you know? And sure enough, that was the case. Well, you know, I got interested, well, you know, nothing really happened. Nothing really happened. I found out he was, he dated another girl. I'm going, oh, yeah, that's right. And if your heart sinks, you better not let your heart sink in a situation. You've gotten yourself into fear and out of faith. So don't let your heart sink either. So I, I didn't want to be in agreement with what I saw going on. But anyway, um, that changed. That, that changed, of course. That wasn't right. And, uh, of course, I learned a lot of intercession through this whole time frame, too, a lot about intercession, and, and, uh, and I grew a lot, too. So eventually, eventually he, he called me. He says, um, I think we need to fast and pray for three weeks. I said, okay. And so I still, at that point in time, I still got before the Lord. I wanted to make sure it was right. And during that fasting time, I prayed, fasted talked to the Lord, and um, I had, there was one adjustment that I had to make on the inside, and I made an adjustment on the inside, had to do with my ministry, (laughs) I had to be, I had to let it go, you know, in order, and so, um, anyway, he had three questions for me when we came back together, this is off the subject of hope, but this is encouraging, right, it's encouraging, (laughs) But anyway, three questions, and I, and I was able to answer. It came to the third question, and that was the, <clears throat> the thing that the Lord changed my heart on during that time frame. I don't know what would have happened if I had answered it wrong. I didn't answer it. I answered it right, and I think it made him step back a little bit. Anyway, so, so you know we're married. <laughs> we got married and then had two kids. Anyway, so, so it doesn't make any difference. If God has given you a word and God's told you about the situation, you hold fast to your confession without wavering. If you waver, hey, it's not the end of the world. If you waver, repent and get hooked back up to it again. Okay? All right, so... God's promises are always yes. And if you know that he's giving you a promise in a situation, it is always yes. And so don't let the devil come and tell you that isn't yours. If God has told you it's yours or if God has promised it, it's yours, don't let him come and steal it from you. Healing is one of those things. God has promised healing in the word for us. 
God has promised healing, but the devil comes and he steals and kills and destroys. He steals healing from us all the time, all the time when it belongs to us. It's been given to us. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given to us. Everything has been given to us, but the devil, he has a plan and he wants to steal your life. He wants to kill and destroy it. Amen. So we hold fast our confession of our faith without wavering. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, you know, if you need to get help with a doctor, you know, if you need to do that, that's not, don't put yourself down if you have to do that, but you still stand and hold fast to your confession. Even if you're going to see a doctor, you still stand and hold fast. Amen. Okay. Um, so it's in, it's that place. Let's see. Let's go back to Romans. Romans four. We're going back to Abraham again here. See what Abraham is up to. <laughs> I'm just never mind. Okay. And hope against up and without becoming. Verse nineteen. Um, okay. Verse nineteen. And without becoming weak in faith. He contemplated his own body. He contemplated his own body. How now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Okay? So we can say that Abraham contemplated his body, but he didn't, he didn't let the fact that he was old and so was Sarah move him because God had promised him. God had promised, you know, that he would... He would be a father of a multitude. So he wasn't going to be moved by that. But he did He did look at it and contemplate it. But it didn't cause him to become weak in faith. It didn't cause him to lose his confession or change his confession. You know, just like, um, and you don't need to turn here, but Luke 8. Um, when they were in the boat. Um, When they were in the boat, um, I'm, I'm Luke eight twenty two. if you want to write it down. And now it came about that one of those days that he and his disciples got into a boat and said to them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. See, that's where we're always going. We're always going to the other side of what God has promised us. We're, we're here. See, see, we're right here. And God promises this, this, and this. So when we, when we get in the boat of his promise... What we're doing is we're going over to the other side to a place of victory. Okay? We're going. So while we're traveling from here to here, the winds and the waves want to stop you from getting to the victory side. The winds and the waves want to stop you. I mean, the devil's always yakking. It's who, who are you going to believe? He's always talking. No kidding. He's always talking. You go, is that? That's not you, Lord, is it? But he's always talking. So we, so we want to get from this point to a place of victory. That's where we're always going. We're going after the prize. Amen? We're going after the prize. And so he said, verse 23, But as they were sailing along, Jesus fell asleep, and a fierce gale of wind descended upon the lake. So Jesus knew they were going to get to the other side. He already knew that. He was in a place of peace and calm and hope-filled. <laughs> Amen? He was hope-filled. Okay, he fell asleep and a fierce gale of wind descended upon the lake and they began to be swamped and be in danger. 
And they came to him and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And being aroused, he rebuked the wind and the surging waves, and they stopped, and it became calm. Okay, so we're going to encounter various trials and circumstances that want to steal your hope when we're going from here to victory. So what do we do? We just don't lay down and let it happen, do we? We rebuke the demonic influences. We break their power. We command them to get off of our prize in Jesus' name, to get off of our victory in Jesus' name. You have the authority. Remember, we talked about that last week. You have authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You know you are seated together with him in heavenly places. You are seated. That's where we're sitting spiritually in heavenly places right now. That's where we're sitting. You are seated together with him in heavenly places. So where does that make your feet? If you're in heavenly places, your feet are treading upon the circumstance that's here on this earth. It's treading on it. It's under your feet. It's under your feet. You, you have been given authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, he hasn't got a right. He hasn't got a place to steal what God has told you he's promised you. He hasn't got a right to do that. If God's promised, he's, God's doing his job and, and he's faithful to bring it to pass, then we have to enforce his defeat and not look at the winds and the waves. Not give the winds and waves place. Not sit down and go, oh, well, that must not be for me. If God told you it's for you, and if that's the place that you're having trouble, then you find out if God did tell you that. If God did you give you a promise, then you find out. Find out for sure. If you're wavering right there, whether you knew God told you that or not, you're not ever going to get over to the place of victory. You know, you have to find out if God told you, God told you that's yours. If God told you that's yours and you know that 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 you know it's yours, then there's no problem getting to the other side because you just can tread all over the devil. He hasn't got a a right or a place to do that to you. Okay? Okay, so... uh, this, that's kind of the, that's the place where a lot of people will lose their hope. They'll get here in the waves, the winds and the waves, and they get to looking at the winds and the waves, and their hope drops. They lose their hope. And so you have to pick it up. You have to hang on to it. You have to start confessing what God has promised you. Start confessing what God has promised you. Start confessing again what God has promised you. Get that hope to rise up on the inside. Get that hope to rise up on the inside. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, so, so when you look at the winds and the waves, you take your focus off of who God is, what God has said, and what God has promised you. That's what the winds and waves are designed to do. They don't want you getting a victory. You know what? If you get a victory, then you've got a testimony. If you've got a testimony then everybody can hear that testimony. And they're going to get excited about the things of God. The devil wants to shut you up and shut your mouth so you don't have a testimony. He doesn't want you giving a testimony. Amen? He doesn't want you doing that. Okay. (laughs) All right. um, Let's look at Jeremiah 17. We can go there. Seventeen, seven, 
And I would encourage you <clears throat> to write. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of scripture verses that I use. I always use a lot of scripture verses. Write them down and, and go back over them or listen to it again on, on, the, um, on the website. This message will be up. Let's see. Um, Richard's ministering tonight, so it might be Monday before it's up. So, um, Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. And I think, um, I think the Amplified says whose hope the Lord is, whose hope the Lord is. See, our hope has to be, our focus has to be on him. And that's where our hope comes from. Okay. 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 Back to, let's look at Hebrews 11. 1. I was trying to figure out how to tie in Hebrews 11. 1. And I'll be honest with you. I'm always looking at this, trying to get a, a broader revelation of it. Uh, now faith is the substance. My, I, I got the new American, but I quote King James when I quote this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, you have to have the hope there first before the faith will come. You have to have the hope. Okay? The hope has to be you. You have to have the hope. Now faith, it, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And this is the example. I've used this example before. Um, let's just say, I know some of you guys fish. I know Rich does. I mean, he's not here, of course, but you guys fish. The, the, the promise is the big fish. The promise is the fish. The thing, this is your faith casting out to get a hold of the promise. Okay? The fish, the promise. So, so when, you're, when you're fishing, you have to pull that, you wind up your, whatever it is. <laughs> you're real. You wind up the, I don't fish a lot, but I do some. You, you wind it up, you know, you wind it up. And if the line breaks, you let's string it in again. Get out there and get that promise if God's promised it for you. Don't let the devil take it away. Okay, and if that fish wants to go over here, just don't let him run for a little bit. Pull it back in. If he wants to go over here, pull it back in. Don't let the devil steal your hope. Don't let the devil steal the promise, okay? We don't, we're not quitters. And we don't sit down and stop just because the line breaks we don't sit down and stop just because the fish runs off this way or runs off this way. We don't stop, okay? Okay, Proverbs thirteen twelve. We kind of got away from... We're, we'll come back to... Um, uh, we will come back to uh, Abraham. But we're going to Proverbs thirteen twelve. Thirteen twelve. says hope hope deferred hope deferred makes the heart sick hope deferred but desire fulfilled is a tree of life and I just kind of I just kind of expound on that a little bit you know when you get over here and you get the victory hope fulfilled is like a tree of life you get over here and you get the victory and you want to tell everybody what God did. You want to have a testimony. Amen. So the hope here, if hope gets away from you, it becomes deferred. And it, and it brings a sadness or a discouragement like we talked about earlier. 
self-pity, hopelessness. You can't let, you can't let any of them, you can't let any of them rule you. There should be no discouragement. There should be no self-pity. You should, there should be no aloneness. There should be no um, hopelessness, discouragement, sadness. There shouldn't be that. There shouldn't be that for the body of Christ. Our hope is fixed on him. Our hope is fixed on him and what he has told you. Our hope is fixed on him. And if your hope gets um, broken, the fish, the, line break, the fish breaks the line, you focus back on him again. Remind yourself of what he said. What did he tell you? What was the promise? And then just jump all over the devil and tell him, hey, God said this, and God said this, and you have no power and no place in me. Amen? Okay, back to, back to Abraham, Romans 4. Romans 4. Let's look at how we, we started to talk a little bit about how, um, how Abraham handled it. Verse 19 again, um, and without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated. doesn't mean he didn't look at the situation. You can look at the situation. You can even talk about the situation, but it didn't, it didn't weaken his faith any. He already knew. He was so strong in the fact that God had promised him what God had promised him that it didn't make any difference if he looked at the situation and it was like this, 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 and this. It didn't make any difference. Without, and without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated the situation. He contemplated his own body. Now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise, the promise was more important to him than, than his body or Sarah's body. The promise was more important to him than what the situation looked like. Did God promise to deliver us or not? Did God promise healing or not? Did God promise he'd meet every need that we had or not? Well, then the promise is greater than the situation, right? So we exalt, we exalt the situation. Huh? No, we exalt the promise. Jesus is Lord over my finances. We exalt the truth about it. Amen. So, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Worshiping and praising, giving glory to God. Amen. Growing strong in faith. Growing strong in faith, worshiping, praising God, confessing what God had promised. And 21, being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able also to perform it. So by doing those things, Abraham became fully assured that promise was his. Fully assured and that God could bring that promise into manifestation. Abraham was fully assured. And that's where we need to be. We need to not get off and uh, uh, let our, our hope slip away from us. God is, God is the, Jesus is, is, is Lord. And what he's promised, he will fulfill. He will do it. What he's promised you, he will do it. He will do it. So when you, well, let's see. Let's not um, go too fast here. Verse 20, let's see. And yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham did not lose hope. 
He stayed focused on the promise and the one who gave it to him. And being fully assured, when we waver or lose hope, it's because we've taken our eyes off of what God has promised. And when we take our eyes off, that means we're not fully assured that God's going to do it. Okay? We're not fully assured. In, in that place, you want to repent. You want to say, Lord, I repent for not putting you first place and not focusing on you. I repent for getting over here and carrying anxiety or worry and fear. I repent for... I repent for letting go of the hope that you promised me. I repent for doing that. You talk to him. He'll tell you what to repent of. But get, get it right. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to repent of something, whether it's worry or fear or care and anxiety, whatever it is. Repent of it and get yourself right with the Lord and then pull that promise in. Amen? Noah is another example, good example of waiting a long time. You know, Noah... Noah knew about, you know, it had never rained there. It had never rained. But yet God told him, this is what I need you to do. And Noah did it for a hundred years. A hundred years he did that. He stood. He stood and waited. And he was laughed at, made fun of. But he stood. He stood and went ahead. And then and it brought his, him and his family into a place of victory. Amen? Okay. So, um... So when God gives you a a word or a picture, and we're going to wind up here, when he gives you a word or a promise, let's say he gives you a word, a a scripture verse. One I can think of is Matthew 8, 17, where he, you can turn there if you want to. Um, This is one that when um, I, I meditated on, 8, 17, in order that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, saying he himself, Jesus himself, took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Okay, when I got that scripture verse, and I was, and, and we, we need to just not just read through our Bible and read through our Bible, but take a, a scripture verse out of what you're reading and meditate on it. Think about it, ponder it. So when I was reading that, the Lord gave me a picture of Jesus actually taking the sickness and disease like a cloak. He took it on himself. He put like a cloak, a cloak of sickness and disease, and then he carried it away. So if he carried it away, he carried it away from me. Sickness and disease has been carried away from me. So see how you, you can meditate that way. Meditate that scripture verse and let the Lord give you a picture of it. You know, pictures are so, I mean, that's why I teach a lot with examples and, and, and uh, demonstrations up here or give you pictures, you know, because pictures are just um, so um, encouraging and they also help you actually visualize what's going on. And so when you meditate, you can meditate scripture verses and, and ask the Lord to reveal to you, uh, let it become real on the inside of you. The word needs to become real. So that when you're in the midst of a, a wind and a wave, the circumstance isn't going to knock you out of the boat. You know, you can hang on. You can hang on because the word is real to you. You have a picture. Now, the Lord may give you, he may say something to you in prayer. He may give you a word or he may give you a picture in prayer. Well, you know, the spirit and the word always agree. Spirit and the word will always agree. There always be something but he may give you a specific word or a specific understanding, just like he did Noah. Now, I don't think he's going to tell anybody to build an ark, 
But you can use that example, you know, as we should have an ark of safety for our family. Okay? But uh, he'll give you a word. Meditate on that. Get it in your heart. Keep, write it down. Write it down if you have a dream even. Or if you have a, uh, something you see in prayer. Write those things down. Or write down when you've gotten a victory from the Lord. Keep those things before you so that when you're in the midst of the battle, you can say, aha, I know. I, I already wiped out that bear and that lion. And I can, this Goliath is nothing. In the midst of the battle, you see what God has done for you already. And you remind the devil, you have no power You've been stripped of your power. You have nothing you can do. I'm going to win this battle in Jesus' name because I have greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. That promise is mine. Amen? Amen. Okay. So um, when God gives you something, meditate on it. Let the word paint a picture. Let the word paint a picture. We can picture a a care and anxiety. I think we're all, we're all, well... (laughs) We all do that real well, don't we? Something's not going quite right, then we can picture. We picture, oh, um, you can picture your your checkbook or your bank account. You picture those things. Or you picture, um, you may may not feel real right, feel feel ill or something. And pretty soon your imagination or the picture, oh, you have this and you have that. You have this. Before you know it, you have the worst thing ever. But, but it's your imagination. It's the, it's the enemy talking to you about things that... So we, we are very good at picturing what's going wrong. But we need to picture, about, picture what's going right. Amen? Picture what's going right. And so we can picture a care and anxiety, so we should be able to picture what God says. You know? We should be able to picture what God says. So, and um, then when you picture those things, it's out of your mouth, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Okay, let's look at um, Psalms 42. And we're going to spend most of the rest of the time here in Psalms. Psalms 42, 5. Psalms 42.5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. For the help of his presence. You know, when you spend time praising and worshiping him, he comes right in there in the presence. You can hear from him at that point in time. He's always talking. But we're not always listening. So when he comes in, you, he can, in, in the presence of your worship, in your worship, let him talk to you. Listen to him. Listen to him. Pray in your prayer language and then stop and listen to him. Okay? Psalm 71. Psalm 71. 14. But as for me, I will hope continually and will praise thee yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of thy righteousness and of thy salvation all day long. So hope, hope. I will hope continually. There's no break in the action. 
Okay, Psalm 78. 78, 7. That they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God and keep his commandments. Don't forget the works of God. Don't forget what he's done for you already. Don't forget what you experienced, the freedom that you've experienced. Don't forget the healing you experienced. Don't forget how he met a need that you had. Don't forget those things. Keep them before you and use that so that you don't lose your hope. Um, And then Psalms 119. There's a lot of scripture verses I could have put down, but I was trying to cover a variety of things. Psalms 119, 49. Remember the word to thy servant in which thou hast made me hope. Remember the word that he gave you, which caused you to hope. Amen? Hope. Hope. Don't let your hope go. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Amen? Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Don't let discouragement in. Don't let it in. You can, you can tell when the hope is slipping away and you start, check your thought life. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Worship. Get into His presence. That, that hopelessness will change. That discouragement will change. Okay? Hey, my, through those years of waiting, even these years here, you know, believe in God for what God wants to do in this area. The prayer, my, my time in fellowship with the Lord is, is so important. You know, is so important. So God, God is doing something here. He is doing something here. It doesn't matter what we see. It doesn't matter what we feel. You know how I know God's doing something here? Because he told me he was. He told me he was. Amen? Amen. That's all it takes for me. He's doing something here. He's doing something here. The church is growing. Not that that's important. But the church is growing spiritually as well. Spiritually. That's what's important. That the church grows spiritually. Okay? Numerically is fine. But we need an army. We need an army that's ready to cast out devils, to lay hands on the sick and they recover, to preach the gospel. I mean, we need an army of people to do that. And God's raising up that army. He's raising up that army. Not everybody knows the, the things that you guys have been hearing. And, and, and that's not a feather on my cap. I'm just, I'm just sharing with you all the things I've learned through the years. And it's my desire. It's my desire for the church everywhere to be doing Mark 16. That's my desire. So that's why you're getting all this stuff. That's my desire for the church to be doing this. Amen?